0: to the Batmobile. Let's go. Come on, Bob, for old time's sake, huh?
1: Harley Quinn, nice to meet ya.
0: <laughs> Pardon my French. Fuck those fuckers. This is like my favorite Marvel character ever, but you should
1: never meet your heroes, because honestly, he's a bit of a dick.
0: Now might be a really good time
1: for you to get angry. That's my secret, Cat. I am. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Comics in Motion podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Feltz, and my co-host and very good friend, he's Mr Dave Horrocks. Hi Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to
2: Chris and Dave's reality TV cast. No, it's not. For a change, we're recording <laughs> Comics in Motion TV and movie reviews for shows that are based on comic books. Myself, I've been reviewing from the perspective of a long-time comic book reader...
1: And our review from the TV and movie perspective.
2: And what we also like to do is you also like to spoil the hell out of everything we review. So if you haven't watched our choice of the week, then we'd advise you to proceed with caution. And remember with an average podcast comes no responsibility. Now Chris, good to have you back.
0: well
1: it it, it is actually Dave it's it's actually refreshing to go back to what made us become podcasters and podcasting brothers as such because we have been engrossed guys I'm sorry that it seems like I've been Slightly away from everything on Comics Emotion, a couple of people have reached out. Has Chris left? No, I've not left. <laughs> We've just been doing a daily podcast because the UK series of Love Island, we started the US version of Love Island, then we started doing The Bachelorette, and we had to take an audible and say, look, we cannot do all these. We carried on with the UK one, which, thank God, finishes just over the, the weekend and i'm back so i just it's so refreshing just to do this because we've had you know i had mike on dinner we did a black widow and then you've had a few people i've had tony stepped in and they were doing the buffy uh, stuff as well so thank you guys everything but no i'm not going anywhere whether that's a good thing or a bad thing we're still here (laughs) doing what we do aren't we dave
2: yeah, like you say, two months UK Love Island's been running now, um, and six days out of seven we've been there podcasting, haven't we? So it's uh, almost finished, Chris. So hallelujah! Um, but I tell you what, what what came up while we were doing it as well, which uh, I, I hadn't realised. I knew Margot Robbie was a bit of a fan of the old Love Island,
1: but it turns out James Gunn is as well. He has. He even got his own cup, Dave. She Margot got him the cup, the Love Island yeah, cup while he was the, doing the, the old water cup.
2: bottle, wasn't it? You yeah. know, the branded water bottle. So who knew, Chris? I thought in this little Venn diagram, the little intersection was just me and you. Turns out it's me, you,
1: Margot Robbie and James Gunn. Well, exactly, Dave. And if Margot Robbie wants to come on our podcast (laughs) to talk about it and intimately, I'm happy to step up to the plate and take one for the team, Dave.
2: (laughs) Yeah, as lovely as it would be to talk to James, go no, I'm not that interested.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And that's the thing;
1: she wouldn't come on the comics in motion. It'd be the CD reality cast. She'd be on there talking about Love (laughs)
0: Island.
2: yeah that was the other epiphany wasn't it you know over the last couple of months you know we we had chris and dave's reality cast but all of our um all of our email, social media and everything is C for Chris, D for Dave. But of course, when you say it, it's the CD reality podcast. So <laughs> it was like, oops.
1: Yeah, and everyone thinks it was intentional and it wasn't. We were the Love Island cast. We not that clever. We're not that clever, but I was like, oh, you must have known you. It's like, no, but it works so well for all them fucking CD shows, Dave. So there you go. But anyway, <laughs> let's get back to our baby, Dave. This is our... Original OG. And I was looking, I know we're looking at something, uh, to find the original podcast. And I've been trying to get hold of when you came on the Contextual Podcast, which was my original one. And it's there, episode 31, but it's going to cost me, Dave, £7.50 to retrieve it. Because SoundCloud are hiding it behind a paywall. I haven't got any copies. a bunch of bastards. Yeah, it is available online, but you literally cannot listen to it now. It was there a few weeks ago. And then I can get nearly every episode on another capture... But Dave, as always, episode 31, he's not on it. So I'm like you, bar steward. So uh, the infamous will...
2: air cut. Yes. <laughs> release the air
1: cut. Okay. <laughs> release Ooh. the contextual cut, yeah. Yeah,
2: <laughs> release the Phelps cut. Um, now, Chris, what are we going to review this week?
1: Well, Dave, we are going to review the first two episodes of the brand new Marvel animated series, and it's What If.
2: Now... I think we've discussed this a little bit about what this is all about. What, what do you know about Marvel's What If from, like, the comics and stuff? Do you know what the whole concept is?
1: No. I, obviously, in hindsight, watching it, I do now, and I'd never heard of it whatsoever. I have saw a lot of good chat on our Discord channel with our fellow... Comics in Motion, Brothers and Sisters, but I didn't know anything about it. So I've, I've come into this completely blind, Dave, so don't know about yourself. Yeah. No,
2: so these were these what-if kind of comics were usually one issue and then that's it, you're done. So normally with an ongoing, if you're reading Spider-Man or Uncanny X-Men or something like that, you need to pick up the story and, and follow it issue to issue. Whereas these stories were just usually one-offs and it was changing something, you know, seemingly very small. But then the story would usually end up in a worse way than the, you know, the, the standard marvel 616 universe would end up so i think the very first one i think i've got it up in the attic somewhere i'm sure it was when spider-man joined the fantastic four because in one of it might have even been amazing fantasy 14 he he goes and meets up with the fantastic four uh and wants a job but when he finds out he's not going to get paid doesn't want to (laughs) doesn't want to join them um But in this What If story, it explores, you know, well, what what if he did join and and what would happen there? Another story I remember is like, well, what if Wolverine killed the Hulk? So in Wolverine's first appearance, he's going after the Hulk. And uh, in this What If story, he kills the Hulk. But by the end of the story, Wolverine ends up dead as well. So because these kind of splintered stories don't have the same, you know, they they don't or didn't really have any uh, impact on the main Marvel universe. You know, you could kill off characters and stuff. So they they were usually quite interesting, but like I say, usually standalone. And from first impressions of what's happening with the animated series, it looks like it's just taking the, the essence of those comics and then just putting them on screen for us.
1: Yeah, I think so. It, it's it's great, to be honest. It's something different. I have got a bit a few bones to pick with it, Dave, but that's what it's, the reviews are about. But I think as an idea and as a concept, it's brilliant. Anybody who's not into the comics like myself watches this. This just adds a little bit of a layer, and there better be a Hulk story, Dave, because you know how burnt I am still from Endgame. So <laughs> there better be something, and Hulk sh- hopefully gets his comeuppance. I know there's a Tony Stark one coming, but, no, I, I am looking forward to where they go with this, and I'll watch all of these, definitely.
2: Yeah, and what's interesting as well is this is the first animated proper, property that, you know, proper Marvel Studios are running. So, in the past... Marvel hasn't had the greatest of cartoons. Um, they were they were generally farmed out to other studios to make. So you know things like the nineties X Men, the nineties Spider Man, and stuff like that. Well, those are all generated. Those weren't generated by Marvel themselves. They they were just licensing those out. And you know, for as long as I can remember, the the DC animated properties have generally been a bit better um we did like hulk versus didn't we so yeah hulk versus wolverine we we quite liked but that was kind of in the minority a lot of them were, were pretty weak whereas this chris this is something different because this is picking up after loki so after and if you haven't listen to, if you haven't seen Loki, you know, slight spoilers for that for the next uh, 30 seconds or so, but when you get the the timeline and everything's obviously splintered off in all different directions that was the end of Loki and that's pretty much where we pick up here, isn't it? So the movies have obviously fed into the uh, into the TV shows so WandaVision, uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then Loki, and then it's now f- funneling into the animated stuff as well. So I- I'm interested, not only you know in watching and enjoying the animated shows, but what impact, if any, is this going to have on the movie universe?
1: Yeah, that's true. And I mean, with the pet in coming, Tony Stark one day, there's always that you know, like you always have said everything we've done with the comics emotion is no one's really dead. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is yeah. a chance that an alternate universe, Tony Stark will come into it. We've already seen that with Miles Morales, didn't we? The animated, you know, which is a Britain to the Spider-Verse, which is a mm-hmm. brilliant, brilliant movie. So that's, that's something that's going to expand. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, on this, it, it's dead easy. It's half an hour each episode. It does make you think and go, oh, right. And i uh, spoilers the second episode is one of my it's really good actually I really enjoy it because of some of the things that they do in that but yeah Mm.
0: let's I'm sure we'll
1: get into the trailer Dave yeah let's go
0: yeah peace I love peace I'd be out of a job with peace Do we know each other? Time, reality, reality. It's changeable. Where you want to be? That's the question, isn't it? every universe is different each one unique slow down a little bit there's a few people in the room that don't understand not me, I I get it
1: who are you? the name's Captain Carter
0: I am the Watcher. I observe all that transpires here. But I do not, cannot, will not interfere. I guess I have to freestyle, then. Hey. We have you out of bird. A Ravager never flies solo. I said, never
1: flies solo.
0: Uh, Is that some kind of catchphrase? You had me worried for a second. Journey to face the unknown and ponder the question. What if?
2: Now Chris, episode one is What If Captain Carter Were the First Avenger? During World War II, Steve Rogers is chosen to become the world's first super soldier but is wounded by a Hydra spy before he can receive the super soldier serum. SSR agent Peggy Carter kills the spy and volunteers to receive the serum herself. Now Chris, what do you reckon to the opening of episode one?
1: I think it's really good. I think the color palette is amazing, and a lot of the 3D effects when Peggy's running, when she is like you know Captain America, is or Captain Carter, sorry, is like a computer game. A lot of the new computer games have this sort of from a 2D to 3D camera angle twist, Mm. and it's really. I think it's really good. I think I think you know it's not it's not like you've got to wear 3D glasses, but a lot of the action stuff's great. I think the violence is good. There's a bit of humour there. I, the only thing I'd say watching it, and you've got Howard Stark, obviously, very similar to, you know, original. You've got the Captain America and the. I've only watched a little bit of the Agent Carter stuff, Dave, but you've, mm-hmm. you've got him in that, haven't you, and that. And then you've got it's Steve. Cooper playing Co- Howard Stark, isn't it? Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: And, and what I do like about both of these episodes we're going to cover is you have got the majority of the actors playing yeah. the characters, haven't you? Which is great. I know Chris Evans isn't Steve Rogers, but it doesn't really take it away. It's not about his story. But I I just, I think it's good. I think it's really good. I think it works really well. You know what I miss though, Dave? And I'm going to be honest there. You know, nobody can beat I'm sorry, I don't care how good Samuel L. Jackson is, the ultimate twist would have been the Hoff as Nick Fury, Dave. That would have been the best ever.
2: Now you've got me salivated now, just thinking (laughs) about if, you know, if we go to a, a, it doesn't happen, spoilers, in at least the first three episodes. Again, we've we've seen the third one, haven't we? But we're not going to talk about that today. Um, Oh, that would be so good. (laughs) <laughs> You're Amazing. right. I hadn't even. I hadn't have even. I hadn't even thought of that. But that would be fantastic. But um, I mean, just just to run through. You, you mentioned about the color palette. I thought it was brilliant. The, the quality of the animation is fantastic the lighting effects that you get there but it's kind of it is a little bit retro isn't it the the color palette they're using there is almost of the time and i say that obviously it was most of the things then were black and white but it is almost as if the color has been drained out of there intentionally to show it's that kind of retro um Era, if you like, but I mean, running through some of the acting talent that we've got here, you've got Hayley Atwell obviously playing uh, Peggy Carter and then later becomes Captain Carter. You've got Sebastian Stan playing Bucky Barnes. You've got Dominic Cooper as Howard Stark. Uh, Toby Jones is Arnim Zola. Uh, He's coming back. You've got Samuel L. Jackson coming back as Nick Fury. You've got Jeremy Renner playing Hawkeye. it's, these are the fucking MCU actors, <laughs> you yeah. know? And it, it's a shame, really, they couldn't get Chris Evans back. So a guy called Josh Keaton played him. But, um I mean, fucking hell. Meatloaf was happy with two out of three, wasn't he? I, I think we've got a higher <laughs> ratio than that. <laughs> yeah. and so hats yeah, off to him.
1: Yeah, honestly, he's absolutely brilliant. And, and I will... Th- say they, they get the mix right of the jokes I think Peggy's really good Dave she, you know a, Captain Carter's great there's a scene a stupid scene in front of one of the like, the big trucks where all the guys are running at her and she's just biting them off proper Bruce Lee style like <laughs> yeah. with, the, with his shield it works really well I don't I don't I necessarily think it's my best episode of, out of the two but I think it sets it up well there's nothing wrong with it it's good fun and just listening to them voices again is mm. ace. Look, I'm going to keep going through the MCU and watching them from back to front forever and a day. These are not yeah. I'm sure you're the same. Whatever they do with the next version, and we've had like the Eternals trailer and Shang-Chi's been released this week as well. The trailers, they look amazing. I'm a bit worried though, are these characters going to be as powerful and as in the zeitgeist as what the original phase mm. is? I don't know. I don't know. I know we've still got overspills. We're still going to have Chris Hemsworth in there and stuff like that as for, but I don't know and that's what I'm a little bit worried about but just having them there and it's only been two years since Endgame finished, Dave and we've had properties with them all in already. You know, like the One the Divisions and, you know, uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, things like that.
2: Yeah. It's been yeah. great.
1: So it's not like they've really left us but just because you know how Endgame plays out Yeah. I'm interested to see. So this for me is a proper nostalgic trip and I agree, I think everything works so well on it. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just a great
2: episode this funny how the world went to shit after endgame didn't it (laughs) 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 fucking thanos um so yeah i i think this first episode is just getting us used to the idea I think it's kind of like so again. Comic readers and Marvel zombies—we will, we all know what "what if" is. We're familiar with the concept, but and and obviously, where things finish with Loki, you know, with the uh, the timeline and dimensions being spewed off in all all infinite directions, we we know about that, but. They've got to think, well, someone might come into this and not have watched Loki, say. If they haven't watched uh, Captain America, well, then they are probably a bit screwed and, and they probably wouldn't be interested if they've gone this long without watching it. So they're probably not too worried about those. But I think this was quite a safe episode. You know, So we're talking about these different decisions. It's almost like sliding doors, isn't it? Just this one little event and you get a whole butterfly effect of what that decision or choice uh, has an impact on. And for this particular episode, it's as simple as in the movie, Peggy Carter went up to the viewing gallery to watch, you know, what was going on with the, the whole uh, super soldier experiment and with this one, she decided to stay down, and because she stayed down, she was able to spot the the assassin and you know intervene and and basically you know everything spewed off in in a different direction from there. And Steve ends up taking a bullet, so he can't go and uh, be experimented on. Tommy Lee Jones's character uh, is killed, so you know him and uh, Peggy were quite close, weren't they? When Steve was going through his basic training and everything so you end up with a different guy uh, working with Peggy and and uh, a massive misogynistic prick by all <laughs> by all accounts is, is how he seems so so it's not just changing one sim or changing one thing about the story it seems like initially it was that one change but then it does ripple and, and it deviates quite a bit from the initial uh, captain america first avenger but while giving you those same some of the same shots some of the same things going on so i, I think it was pretty safe but it, I, I still really enjoyed it
1: me too honestly i really enjoyed it dave it's a great episode i mean we haven't discussed this but we're not going to be are we just giving it as an overview Are we not giving our scores for each episode <sighs> excellent question <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> One we should have probably discussed before. <laughs> um, let's score each episode, I think. Okay. I mean, we, we've... Yeah. We, uh, what else? Uh, I, feels like we've not been going for very long. What else have you got to say about the episode? I mean, we got um, the Red Skull, didn't we? Um, so he's he was back... Uh, We had Ross Marquand, so the guy from The Walking Dead. So he was playing the Red Skull. Uh, In the movie, it was uh, Hugo Hugo Weaving, Weaving. wasn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah. Which which was good.
2: So again, we we saw a a bit of a change there because in the movie, he got obviously fired off into space and then ended up being the guardian of the Soul Stone, didn't he? But... You know here he's he's bringing through through some kind of cracking through this whole portal, so I mean that all got a bit different, didn't it?
1: yeah, it did to be fair it was all all it all led like you say to a very good introduction, very safe, but look, I can't criticize you, Dave because it was good, it really was good it it was just something completely different the fact that Peggy, as well, has got the Union Jack on the, on the shield, on her outfit. You know, remember you said about Captain Britain? Mm. It was almost like a nod towards that, wasn't it? So you've got that. Was there actually a Captain Carter in the comics, Dave?
2: No. So I'd, I'd love to see one in live action now. I'd love to yeah. see Hayley Atwell, you know, be that Captain Britain. Captain Britain is a chap called Brian Braddock, and he was name dropped in Endgame. You saw Peggy was talking about um, about him, but, you know, I think he'd be a tricky one to bring in, <laughs> to be quite honest. I, I've never held out too much hope that he'd appear on our screens at, at any point. But this would be a fantastic way to do it. I think calling a Captain Carter seemed a little bit weird to me. It's like, well, it, it wasn't Captain Rogers before. And she's got the whole Union Jack there, so I don't know, quite know why she's not Captain Britain or Captain UK or something like that, you know. So who knows? But um, oh, it'd be brilliant to see this live action.
1: i would be amazing. Honestly, it, it's going to be something different. I'll tell you what, Dave, a prediction. Wouldn't it be good if they introduced the X-Men in one of these episodes? Because everyone's saying how they're going to introduce the X-Men into this new MCU. Could possibly
2: yeah. do it in this. It could happen, couldn't it? I I don't know how they're going to do it. To be honest, um, I mean, there's tons of speculation, but I think they're going to concentrate on the Fantastic Four first. Um, and I I, I don't even know if they're working. On Well, they will be working, but I don't know how early it is in development where they're trying to figure out okay how do we actually how do we explain the fact that like we've had all these world threatening events, and the X men were just chilling out <laughs> you know, yeah. not involved at all I, I don't know how they're going to do it
1: i don't but they've it- as the title says, it's all what-ifs, but some maybes in it, so I suppose it yeah. works. That's a terrible pun, I know, but... but no, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm ready to give my score on this one, Dave.
2: Well, uh, go on then. What what's your final thoughts on on uh, what if Captain Carter were the first Avenger?
1: Well, it hooked me in, Dave, which is always a good thing, with the animated stuff, because I've said it before, I, I love watching them when we actually say, right, we're going to review something, but I've not actively sat there. I was dying to go back on the original X-Men stuff and got Disney+, Plus, but... I must admit, Disney Plus is probably my least watched streaming service. I only watch mm. it when something new comes on and then I don't. Like I watch Loki, stuff like that. Brilliant. But it's just not something I'll put on. I'll literally put mm. Netflix ne- Netflix Netflix on and Prime. <laughs> and that's a bit across the two. So so it's great that there's something there for me to watch. Justify the bloody $7.99 a month or whatever it is I'm paying. Uh, For me, great episode, enjoyed all about it. I I felt the story was good. Within half an hour, it told quite a good uh, tale of Captain Carter and what could have been and Steve. But look, at the end of the day, it's still Chris Evans' likeness. I love Captain America now, as you know. So I'm going to put it right in the middle, Dave. I'm going to send it to Hall of Justice. It's great. It's really, really good. But it's just not top tier.
2: Yeah, so... uh... What do you reckon to Howard Stark essentially creating the first version of Iron Man and the fact that Steve Rogers, okay, he didn't get the super soldier serum as uh, was expected, but, you know, he ends up essentially becoming the first Iron Man.
1: Yeah, he does. Which, again, that's another segue off. Obviously, they're probably not going to do that as a cartoon, are they? But we know in the movies it was Tony who created him, weren't we? Because our necessity more than anything...
2: And the fact that, you know, Howard, you know, Howard was a great inventor as well, but I wasn't sure how I felt about, you know, oh, well, in, in a way, it's kind of neat, isn't it? You get Steve to still be heroic, because we've always said, you know, especially, you know, you watch that Captain America trilogy, you realize, okay, he's super strong and, and athletic and what have you, but really it's, it's Steve Rogers more so than the, than the serum that's heroic. So it's good that he yeah. got to still be a hero. Um, it's just like, well, it just seems like a bit of a cop-out to me to say, oh, his dad invented Iron Man before Iron Man became a thing.
1: Well, what I would say, and I know we'll talk about it when we watch the second one, already there's a pattern with what the original heroes were on the screens. Mm. And I'll, t- I'll talk about it at the end of the second one, but in the two episodes, you've hit on something that I don't want to ruin what we're going to talk about with the T'Challa Become a Lord episode, so I don't want to ruin that. But I'll, I'll t- summarise that at the end, and I think you probably say the same thing, but I think we're going to see the same thing on every episode of this mm-hmm. series, which isn't a bad thing, but
2: I- I'll not ruin keep, it. So what is- Keep your powder dry. So, yeah. well, let, let me give my score then. So for this episode, I'm going to go higher. Higher than a Hall of Justice, Chris. <laughs> you <laughs> giving it the old Brucey Hi. foresight there.
1: Good game, good game. <laughs> you get nothing
2: for a pair, not in this game. So I am going to go to Atlantis, Chris. I really enjoyed it. I thought... It's not as good, spoilers, as the second episode, but it was a really good jumping-on point. So for someone who's not as au okay with what the hell What If is all about, it introduces you to that concept. It's very familiar to the original uh, movie plotline, and it just changes a bit and adds a bloody kick-ass character as well that hopefully uh, we've not seen the end of. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's an Atlantis for me, really strong start. And the best animated thing that, well, it's, it's the first animated thing that Marvel Studios have put out. But, you know, the best Marvel animated property that's come out for, for years, decades, Chris.
1: Yeah, Without a doubt. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So Dave, let's get into the second one. Now, the
2: second one is entitled, What If T'Challa Became Star-Lord? In 1988, the Ravagers are sent to Earth by the Celestial Ego to receive his son, Peter Quill, but mistakenly abducts a young T'Challa from Wakanda. T'Challa agrees to join the Ravagers 20 years later, and he becomes the first intergalactic mercenary Star-Lord. Now, Chris, what do you reckon to the opening of this episode?
1: Dave, this is amazing this episode this is just guardians of the galaxy and you know we like you were saying about the people who are in the actors and actresses who are in the first ever this one goes up a level this is pure end game madness in it we've got everyone other than um chris chris pratt chris pratt who isn't Peter Quill, but obviously we don't see his character to end. But everything, I mean, you know, R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman, it was one of the last things he did yeah, before he passed yeah. away. But his voice, Dave, it's so... I mean, I know that's not his real voice. He's acting, playing to Charlie. He's from New York and that, but brilliant. It gives me goosebumps when you hear him speak. And Yeah. All, this is a fantastic episode for me. Michael Rooker as well, as Wondu. Brilliant, Dave. Absolutely yeah. classed it. Everything, um, Karen Gillum as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, know, she's in it, Nebula. It, it's it's just a great episode, and all the humans there from the Guardians of the Galaxy. But you know, who I'm going to say steals this episode for me. It's, it's got to be, uh, it's got to be Thanos, Dave, who <laughs> secretly Josh Brolin <laughs> plays him for Thanos. Is it made me watch it thinking. In an alternate universe, Thanos could be a hero that we need. He's not just yeah, a titan, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's not the bad yeah. guy. Even when you're watching him in Endgame and Infinity War, there's still that thing where you're thinking, go on, just turn just, you know, just just be a good guy and he doesn't, he plays the the pantomime villain and we, we see like the 2014 v- version of him spoilers in Endgame because he comes back because the, the OG one who did the snap's not there and Josh Brolin's brilliant in it but this is just pure comedy, Dave. he's it's, it's not like because I still, you know, I have a problem, I keep saying it with Professor Hulk. It's not to that levels where they've made him soft, but it's just like he's seen the error of his ways and what he's just yeah. a complete buffoon backup character, and <laughs> he's brilliant. Yeah,
2: it, it is good, and they take a lot more chances. It deviates much further from the past, doesn't it, than episode yeah. one. And you start to see straight away we get obviously to Charles picked up by the Ravagers Um, and then when you fast forward we get that opening from Guardians of the Galaxy but instead whereas you know Peter Quill's Star-Lord is like I'm Star-Lord and they're like who (laughs) instead of that it's like oh it's Star-Lord look at that you know (laughs) he's this massive celebrity And everyone loves him and wants to be him and wants to be his mate and everything. And you've even got Thanos, who, you know, he was still planning on doing the whole snap thing. But T'Challa had a better way. (laughs) It was like, it, it reminded me a bit, Chris, that if you go onto YouTube, there's a thing called Villain Pub. And it was a spin-off how it should have ended. So again, it's all kind of animation and and it just takes the piss out of a lot of plot holes in all of these movies and stuff. And, you know, in the villain pub, you've got all the, uh, all of the, historical villas villains so you know like the emperor from star wars is in there you've got uh the joker you know thanos is in there you've got the predator just all these random pop culture villains and they're all taking the piss out of each other about how shit they are and um it sort of reminded me of that, where Thanos is like, well, yeah, I still think it should have worked. And, and people are saying, like, yeah, it's still genocide. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah someone says genocide. They're
2: <laughs> <laughs> sat having dinner, aren't they, around the table? It's just absolutely fantastic, isn't it? So I really like that. I like the fact as well, Chris, that they had Taserface back. Yeah. So, you know, because you can't help, or I can't help, whenever I think of Taserface, you know, you've just got (laughs) Rocket Raccoon absolutely pissing himself at the name, haven't you? So, yeah, I appreciated they got him back. And, yeah, I just thought this was. this, This delivered more on. Okay, if we change something, what are the massive ramifications of that? And I thought yeah. with with the with the first episode, I thought, yeah, yeah, this is really good. Second episode, I thought, hit it out of the park.
1: Oh, Dave, it's outstanding. It's absolutely brilliant for me. I just think it just hits everything about it was just like, yeah, this is a bit of me. It's stupid. It's just it's daft. It's just, it's just really good. I, th- I think when when you're going through it and knowing the seriousness of, like, what happened with the MCU and how it all went, this is the lighthearted side to it all, Into not it? It's, it's just yeah. funny. And I did say about Chris Pratt, but Batista's not in this either as Drax. And that was something I'd seen online this week where... Someone asked him a question, why weren't you on it? What if? And he was like, I haven't been invited. But one of the producers Uh, come out. I saw that, yeah. It was a bit weird, wasn't it? Yeah, one of the producers was being nice, saying like, well, there must have been some cross wires because we did want him to play Drax and he didn't. So something's gone on somewhere, whether it's a scheduling Uh, thing or something. You know, what, what comes to
2: my mind is Batista's quite outspoken, isn't he? About yeah. everything, everything he doesn't like. And, and most of the time I agree with him, you know, because he goes after Trump and trumpets, doesn't he? Uh, and I, he was very outspoken when Disney fired James Gunn, you know, for his, like, historic yeah. tweets and stuff. And he, he went off on one. And Batista, he'd given Batista his big break, really, hadn't he? You know, I know he'd been doing the wrestling and stuff, and he'd, he'd had some acting gigs. But that was his first major role, wasn't it? Where he, he just broke out into pop culture. So I just wonder if Disney have brought back so many of the actors. It just seems a bit weird that they've accidentally got these wires crossed.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'm with you on that Dave, I'm with you and if you look at the list of who's coming up, we've pretty much got everyone bar Robert Downey Jr., Chris Pratt and Batista, everyone else who has appeared in- Chris
2: Evans as well.
1: Chris Evans, sorry, they're the four really that not appearing, everyone else is in it, you're looking at the yeah. who's who, you've got Mark Ruffalo, Paul Rudd, Chris Hemsworth, uh, even Frank Grillo, you know, Brock Rumlow, you've got... Yeah. yeah. You've got all these, Jeff Goldblum, John Favreau, you've, you've got all of them. And I've got to say, Dave, you know, I've got a big appreciation of it at the moment when I go on my YouTube, little wonders on a Friday when I'm, you know, a bit of Prosecco and yeah, yeah. up. I love, and it proper gives me a lump in the throat, in Spider-Man Far From Home, when he's got the Dutch shirt on and he's in that field and Happy turns up and he's like, he, he gets him in the, in the ship and obviously mm. Tony's there and all that. And he says to him, um, I need a suit. And he goes, yeah, you sort the suit, I'll sort the music. And then you've got Back in Black comes on and he goes, what's he say? He says, "A yeah. love Led Zeppelin or something. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that bit where it, like, a happy looks at him as if to say, yeah. that's." I don't know why, but it just gets me every time. I, I never, even sort of the cinema, it gives me goosebumps. When I watch it now, mm. it really hits home. I think it's a great scene with Tom Holland. It really is. I've not watched Far From Home
2: since... It first came out, I don't think. I don't, it's weird. It's probably my least rewatched. MCU movie
1: oh it's a great movie especially at the end with what the breadcrumbs of what's coming next it's
2: brilliant yeah yeah with the old J. Jonah Jameson spilling his secret identity so I enjoyed it at the time it's just it's just occurred to me now where you're just saying that that uh, probably should go back and watch that one but um, yeah I think that again you you have the the impact so Thanos isn't this raving mad titan uh, so he's not going to you know, go on this quest to, to get all the Infinity Stones, do the whole snap, get rid of half the universe. But also, he's not been torturing Nebula. So, you know, she's not this half robot, well, she's like cyborg with a shaved head and stuff. She's, she's all glamorous and, and stuff. So, again, but just from Thanos not being this total bastard.
1: Yeah. And, and Dave, they play up to it so well, don't they? Because he even becomes a bit of a hero in it. You know, it's just like, it's so ridiculous. And again, the style, the artwork is fantastic in this. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. I think for me, it's probably, this episode is probably my favourite animated thing we've done. And I love Hulk v Wolverine. That's hmm. another standout. And Killing Joke was another great one. It's really good. But this, for me, is my favourite. Maybe because of all the nods and all the actors and actresses are in it, but it just, I felt dead um, settled and really, it felt like it was, you know, I, I, even though the story's playing out and i have never seen it, it just felt really comfy for me to just sit yeah. back and enjoy it what it is and just enjoy the whole point. And I think you're right, it's no disrespect to the first episode, but this took it to another level, and I cannot wait for episode three now because I'm so excited looking at who's in potentially these other episodes. Even if it's for one line or anything or whatever they are, it's, I'm just going to be sat there fanboying over this completely.
2: Ah, oh, I'm forgetting. You, you haven't watched the third one, have you?
1: No, no.
2: So we got them through, didn't we? So I, yeah. I, I, I've seen it. I know what happens, <laughs> but I'm not going to say. <laughs> so, um, okay, yep. Yeah. But it does all I'd say is, you know, I think we can expect more in the future episodes like yeah. this level of deviation from the main MCU timeline.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Brilliantly. Absolutely brilliant. I can't wait. Can't wait, Dave.
2: Awesome. Now, Chris, what would you uh what would you rate this
1: one? Well, I'm useless at playing poker, Dave, and I'm useless as holding my cards to my chest, so it's going to the top for me. It has got to be. Asgard, you know what? I had to think. Then it's been that long since we did it. It's been about three weeks, has it? Yeah, a few weeks. So yeah, Asgard all the way. It's absolutely brilliant. I'm so excited for the rest of this. And it's just even as an adult, a middle aged adult, it's just hits home for me. It's just absolutely brilliant. Anybody of any age can watch this. You can watch it with your kids, or whether it's an adult. There's in jokes and everything, and there's loads of little nods to the MCU. So yeah, perfect, perfect animated episode. So what about yourself?
2: Yeah, I I think, I mean, I went to Atlantis with uh, episode one. I think there's only one place for me to go for episode two. I'm going to send it to Asgard as well. I thought the color palette was obviously a bit brighter to, you know, reflect the more modern story that they were telling I liked how they played on uh, how kind of popular <laughs> Star Lord was you know when it when it's not Peter Quill I liked how he was influential in convincing Thanos you know not to go and commit genocide across half uh, of the universe and also the fact that they were poking fun at themselves as well you know they were ribbing Thanos giving him a bit of a sledge in there I, I just thought it was great and And yeah, I just, I'm probably uh, slightly surprised at how much has changed. I thought all the way through this series, they'll play about with some stuff. It will be a little bit like the comics where it's a one shot and then that's it, it's throwaway. Right now, I'm left wondering a bit more like, okay, are these one episode and done? Or... You know, so it's going to go to a specific universe for one episode, then it'll be a different universe for another one, so a different decision will be made. Or will the things that are going on in these episodes now, are they all happening in one universe? Because the whole thing with uh, Captain Carter in episode one and T'Challa being Star-Lord in episode two, they could still be in the same universe, couldn't they?
1: Yes. Yeah, they could. And I was going to say that. Are we? Are You've just hit the nail on the head are we going to see a big fight ending or something like that where everyone crosses over i don't know but, but there is a potential that this is a obviously it is a different universe but this could be a breakout thing as well so you could mm. be right i think you're right yeah, yeah yeah so so dave i've got a theory my theory oh, i talked about episode 1 it's nothing major and i'm sure you you picked up on it yourself it's not the
2: reality but- radar
1: <laughs> no, it's not hashtag relative radar. My hundred percent record is still intact on that. But you no, know, <laughs> what what you see in the first two episodes, and obviously they are available on Disney Plus. So it's it, hopefully when you listen to this review, you, you've already watched them, or if you're not bothered about that, you go and watch them. So Agent Carter becomes Captain Carter, and to Charlotte comes Star Lord. What still happens in both of these episodes is you've still got Steve Rogers, as you said. Still being a hero, so we don't lose his credibility, even though he isn't Captain America. And you have the same thing slightly with Peter Quill, because he's in a diner, he's sweeping up, and Kurt Russell comes in. His daddy, uh is it ego? Ego is what his dad's called. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Ego. Yeah, ego. He comes in and just see at Spendler. He's a ghostbuster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 and he, he comes in and says, I've come to, you know, it's no way to treat your dad and his eyes light up. So you've still got in the two episodes that even though the whole universe and timeline has changed, they're still needed Within the unit, they still keep their character intact because you, because straight away with Peter Quill, you're like, oh shit, what happens now? Does he still become a Star Lord or does he, you know? So you've got something there and you've also got it with Steve Rogers. So I think that's what they're going to do that will be quite consistent throughout the the character they replace and another character is going to play them will still be strong or left with a breadcrumb to still think, oh, well, they're still there in the background. They could still be a force within this different version of the MCU. Mm hmm. Mm
2: hmm. Yeah, I, I do think the the main characters will will still all have a a role to play. Definitely, it, it just won't be the traditional roles that that we know them for.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Didn't say it, Dave. I'm with you. So, <laughs> 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 so Dave, I am so pleased that we're back doing this, and we're not going anywhere, guys. We'll we'll be doing our weekly episodes as normal. If you want to email us, comicsinmotionpodcast.gmail.com. If you want to follow us on social media, at Comics In Motion P. And please get onto the channel. I say it all the time, but we've got so many great shows on the feed now. It's absolutely unbelievable. We've got a lovely family of people who just do different variations within the comic book world. You've got to get on the feed. It's so, so good, and we absolutely love it. So thank you for supporting us. And, uh, yeah, it's been a struggle, Dave, but we are back with a block rocking beat, as the song says
2: awesome awesome now chris for next week we we were kind of talking We i think we were we were going to do he-man masters of the universe uh revelation so the new kevin smith series I, th- I think we should still do that at some point but you know what we haven't done for a while chris a fucking horrendous <laughs> 70s movie, uh, which is based off a of comic property. So I'm thinking for next week, we journey back to the 1970s, Chris, because there's a little known comic book movie about Doctor Strange.
1: Oh my God. I've never even heard of this one. So. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm not quite
2: sure where it's available yet, but I'll I'll try and dig it out and see where it's available. I'm pretty sure it is out there somewhere. So, Chris, next week we'll do Doctor Strange, the 70s Doctor Strange, and let's get into the trailer.
0: This modern hospital may seem worlds apart from the days of ancient sorcerers, but for psychiatrist Stephen Strange and his beautiful patient, this is where those worlds collide. And the nightmare begins. We're here interviewing the founder of the LeFay Method, a woman who, in the last few days, seems to have taken at least a part of New York City by storm, so to speak. Here to tell us more about it is the force behind the Lafay Method, Morgan LeFay. Ms. LeFay, can you tell us just what it is exactly that the method does? Quite simply, it unlocks the hidden potential within you. It's a way of realizing your own powers and using them to get what you really want out of life. There was no man. We pushed him over a railing in front of him. Nothing Stephen Strange learned in medical school could prepare him for an attack by an evil sorceress from the fourth dimension. A villainess who can only be stopped by an earthly master of the mystic arts. Come in. You're telling me you're a sorcerer. I came here to try to help a patient of mine. Come and take him into our domain. Now it's up to Stephen Strange to take the place of the Earth's last sorcerer. Have I become the sorcerer? You should learn whose powers to respect. Come along for a fantastic adventure into the fourth dimension with Dr. Strange.
1: Oh my God, Dave. This is VHS Strikes Back level of fucking nonsense. (laughs) I am here for this. Forget all this fucking, you know, Asgard stuff. I want the shit. I love watching this nonsense. It brings the best out of us at times, I think, when we're just absolutely pissing our pants. So I cannot wait for this, mate. I'm so excited. (laughs) I've got a
2: feeling this is going to make the Hoffs and Nick Fury agents of <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D. look like a big budget extravaganza oh,
0: you, know, you know what
1: Dave, we've got to do it and we've, and we've done a few watch alongs on the VHS Strikes Back but we've got to do Nick Fury watching Yeah we keep threatening don't we, oh, we we'll have got to, to do that we will because I think it was episode five of Comics Emotion, wasn't it? And we thought, yeah. or something like yeah, that. In, yeah. in the first 10 episodes, we'll have to do it, mate, because it's just amazing. I absolutely love going through that. Even now, when I listen to the old episode, I know we're not as probably excitable as what we, we, we are because it was our first couple of podcasts. But so some of the laughs on it are fucking brilliant. You know, <laughs> me, me trying not to swear is even more of a challenge when I listen yeah. to it now. So I cannot wait for that, mate, honestly.
2: Yeah, we we should do Generation X as well. I mean, that one is, that's there on YouTube, isn't it? Because no one cares. But yeah. uh, absolutely brilliant, mate. It was good to uh, blow the cobwebs off today. And Chris, I'm not going to throw you under the bus this week, um, despite me wanting to. I'm going to leave you with a line from The Watcher, which sums up this Series that I'm really quite excited about, and he just says, "Space, time, reality—it's more than a linear path; it's a prism of endless possibility." So I cannot wait for everyone to see episode three and where this is going to go. And with that, sir, I'll bid you adieu.
0: Goodbye. Excuse me, I'm Eric Lynch. James Xavier, go fuck yourself. What in the? Ass? Dance with the devil in the pale of the What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sounds. Let's not stand on ceremony here, Mr. Wayne. Would you care to step outside? Come to me, son of Jerome! Kneel before Zone! Why so serious? Let's put a smile on that face. I am I, man. I'm Batman. Any? Hey, Hey!